What's poppin' everybody? This is Logan Murdoch from Real Ones, and I have some big news to share. On Saturday, February 18th, the Ringer NBA show will be hitting the road for All-Star Weekend for a live show in Salt Lake City. You heard that right. We are taping the pod in front of a live audience in Salt Lake next month, and we want you to join us. Pull up on us at the Stateroom in the heart of downtown Salt Lake. You can grab your tickets now at thestateroom.com. That's thestateroom.com. Doors open at 9 o'clock. Show is at 10. It's going to be a 21 and up event. Come hang with the gang and chat. Mid-season updates, draft preview, and even have a Q&A with us. Space is limited, so grab your tickets while they last at thestateroom.com or click the link in the description of this show. Hope to see y'all in there. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two for five dollar chicken wraps and your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard and a bonus flavor called incredible value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and bays, welcome to The Answer. <laughs> we are brought to you by me, of course, um, and the lovely, the lovely <laughs> Kyle Mann, who just can't, can't stop laughing. He can't stop laughing for some reason. You know, he wanted me to bring it today. He wanted me to bring it. He wanted me to do the intro. So you didn't get your typical folks, which I personally love. I love his soothing, sweet voice and just oh the, in- the intelligence takes it that come be that 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 come out of his mouth kyle how are you doing today are you you ready to bring you know just your regular sharp-witted self i'm not trying to laugh i'm not trying to laugh i just what people should know is that i'm we were talking about i'm more of a shameless kind of schmaltzy performer i'll take it too far frequently try things be a little extra you know i think i have more i i'm not saying i'm an extra person in general I can ID those people and judge them from afar, but I'm definitely more extra than you are. So like, you know, Seared is very cool and collected and things like that. And I was basically chiding her to, 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 to do what I do. Yeah, Kyle is basically performing all the time. He's He actually should be the one living in L.A. I think he'd fit right in. Like, you'd, no. you'd be mucking it up in West Hollywood with, you know, all the all the wheelers and dealers and people who tell you you got to play the game and all that stuff. Sure, sure. I feel like I should probably live in, like, Branson, Missouri, you know, somewhere that has, like, a just, just the with the people who just need to perform, you know, whether they're famous or not. Um, I'm totally kidding. I'm, I'm not like that. But I was I was teasing Sirit and, and chiding her, and she delivered, as usual. Um, I'll also say this about Sirit. Um, big speakerphone talker. You're a big, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of just want to call me out. My wife was like eavesdropping on our call. And I was like, am I on? I sounded like an 80 year old man. I was like, am I on speakerphone right now? Cause I could hear the reverb of your apartment. And Sierra was like, yeah, Sierra was like a hundred feet away making food and talking to me. I don't know. I'm just kind of like was pretty close. I was pretty close to my phone, but the m- real mistake I made was I didn't, uh, I didn't send you a FaceTime audio call. Instead, I tried to regular call you, which never really works for me in Americans for some reason. Um, probably the American thing I still have, I'm still using my phone from Canada. So maybe that's part of it. Just okay. having, there's, there's parts of it that you just don't really let go of. And my phone number, which I was about to say, was, but I realized that was a really bad idea. But I have, you go check it out after Kyle. I have one of the okay. best phone numbers that you could possibly have. I just can't, and I can't give it up. So I don't, I've never noticed, I've never really noticed uh, or, or thought about it. I guess I didn't have another friend that, uh, 
that was international. I guess you're my only. What, what's unique about this seven? Or <laughs> what's, yeah. what's unique about these digits? I'll say in order. Uh, no, I'm. <laughs> Chris is laughing. <laughs> Let me just parrot your phone number over the pod and please call Sirit. I don't see anything unique about this. I guess we can't really comment on it without sort of alluding to what your phone number is. So maybe we should just move on from that. I, I'll say this. A pizza place would love to buy it off of me. You know what I mean? Like you could just, you could just, yeah. Like you could do a great jingle based on my, based on my phone number. You personally, okay. Kyle, actually would do a great jingle based on my phone number. If I ever give it up, we'll give it, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot. I used to do jingles. I used to do stuff like that. Um, oh, for a real? lot of, a lot of that lame shit I used to do. Uh, we were talking about voice voiceovers and things like that all that stuff is in me but anyway sorry to sorry to chide you about intros and Mm -hmm. and speakerphone and things like that i uh i'll lay off i'll try to be nicer well this makes sense we clearly we have a natural on our hands you've been you know you're well practiced natural lamo right yeah no wait come on don't do that kyle Before we get before we get started today, I gotta say something about Kyle. Kyle is very bad at taking compliments, and uh, he doesn't horrible. necessarily the understand worst. how entertaining and intelligent the stuff that he makes is. That's not an inv- invitation for you to then compliment me. I'm just saying I I will admit I'm really bad at it, and it's an off putting quality. <laughs> like don't it's do not it. It's off putting. See what you're doing again. Like you're like oh, it's so, I'm, <laughs> I'm such a shitty guy for not taking compliments. It's actually pretty. We're all uh, mo- most people. I think I think learning to take compliments is actually learn behavior uh for most people uh and you know maybe like maybe that's actually probably a good thing right like what if you were the other way around anyway i'm just trying to or yeah if i do the han solo i know i'm just trying to make you i'm just trying to make you see yourself from a different angle but my point here is that everyone who's listening to this who enjoys anything that kyle does should tell him about it all the time i'm good thank you no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know there's some there's some kind of uh southern discomfort with that uh southern discomfort there we go Mm. anyway Let's 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 talk some basketball, Sarah. Let's let's give the people what they came for. Let's talk some hoops, uh, and then you'll 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 say some really smart stuff, and people will be like, "Wow, that guy's smart." Um, at least that's that's what I find myself thinking, and I'm sure I'll find myself thinking it today. Likewise, Sarah. Likewise. Thank you, thank you. Um, today we're talking about essentially we're talking about the fact that nobody wants to tank anymore. It just seems like nobody wants to tank anymore, and. There are a number of reasons why that we're going to get into, but, you know, I think I'd say like this was early November. We were watching a bunch of Victor Wembanyama. We got the Scoot Henderson, Victor Wembanyama matchups. And I think the entire league was a incredibly excited, rightfully so. But both those guys and also just they're they're the headliners in a stack draft like this is an incredibly strong draft. And I think around that time people were thinking, all right. We're going to see some tanking this year. We're going to see some some teams really just throwing throwing in the towel, you know. Do we do we even have a a a phrase for this? Is there any like, you know, like W is not an easy word to to work with here, but like I don't know, like a Build it a good one. Trauma for Yama or something <laughs> like that. That was good. That was probably the best one I've heard so far. I don't, I don't uh wobbly for Wimby. I think mm. I've heard somebody say that one. I don't know. I, I think those two are pretty good. Trauma okay. for Yama is, is pretty good, I think. That is yeah. good. That is yeah. good. I mean, he's a generational talent. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's it's worth it to some somebody. I, all of this kind of is going to be cyclical. It's going to circle back to this theme that I think we've talked about before. I've heard other people say this, too, that like the, the league isn't, a, isn't just a talent acquisition proposition. It's a superstar acquisition. And I, and I, I think that some of the things that we're going to talk about today are going to be about like deciding or being self-aware enough to know if you have one of those people, uh, mm-hmm. because of the status quo of the league, um, can kind of factor into a lot of those decisions that you're going to make. But, uh, yeah, I think that sets the table pretty well for, for some of this. Stuff. Yeah. Basically we were, we were thinking that people would be tanking for Wembenyama, but we're in January now. The trade deadline is two weeks away. And right now it seems like everyone is still a buyer. Um, and the teams that were, you know, in the tank are still the same teams. Like you have, you have your Houston's, your Orlando's, your, your Spurs, your Hornets ended up being a lot worse than, than they thought they would. Um, and I, who am I missing? There's one more team that's, that's in the uh, Houston, Detroit, Charlotte, San Antonio are the, are the chief candidates, but yes. uh, Houston, Detroit, Charlotte have the, the flat odds at the top. Basically right now. the They're same the teams that we, 
that we were looking at in November. Nothing has really changed. And there are a number of reasons why that is that we'll get into. But, you know, just to give you guys a little bit of a primer, there is the lottery odds uh, changing. There is just a level of parity that we haven't seen in the league. There's first round picks going a whole bunch of different directions. Uh, But we'll start with... We'll start with what I thought was a, tr- a trade that we were going to talk about anyways. Uh, but what I think is actually kind of, you know, it, it, it gets into a lot of the reasons why we might be seeing this. So yesterday, the Lakers and the Wizards basically opened up trade deadline action with, you know, a trade that was the Lakers sent Kendrick Nunn, three second rounders to the Wizards for Rui Hachimura. And this deal, essentially, I mean, I think it's a it's a kind of buy on both sides. These are two teams that are in playing range right now. And the playing is another reason that this is happening as well. Uh, they're two teams that are in the playing range and are in a position where they don't necessarily they're not really they don't really have an opportunity to tank. And it's it's for completely opposite reasons. So Kyle, who you, who do you want to get into first? Should we do the Lakers or the Wizards? Let's start with uh the Lakers. Let's do that. So the Lakers do not have their own first round pick this year. We all know this. That pick belongs to New Orleans. And there was a moment where it looked like the Lakers were going to be so bad that Victor Wembanyama had a really, really good chance of ending up on the New Orleans Pelicans. That's still in the cards, but the Lakers have been playing a lot better lately. Uh, pretty much since Anthony Davis has been out, their effort on defense has been a lot better. In the month of January, they've been pretty good. Uh, they haven't strung together too many wins, but they've been playing a lot harder and LeBron is having just I mean talk about just bringing it in in the twilight of his career I just you know I'm going to borrow from KOC don't take LeBron James for granted this man is playing some incredible basketball he had 37 points uh two nights ago in a comeback win against the Blazers that is very indicative of how the Lakers are playing right now um they they gritted out and their role players are finally kind of coming along uh, Thomas Bryant has been a revelation. Wendy Gabriel has been really good. And then with the guards that they have, there's always someone that shows up now. Like Dennis Schroeder's had a good stretch lately. Max Christie, who I know, Kyle, you're you're a big Max Christie guy. I think we're all we could all, you know, by the end of the year, be big Mac, Max Christie guys. Like we, you don't really know. Uh, but yeah. they are now in a position where earlier in the season it looked like, wow, this team is really bad. There's no point in them giving up any assets to try to get better this year. They still haven't gotten uh, used the, the 2027, 2029 first rounders that everyone's been talking about. But they gave up three second round picks to essentially get Hachimura, who is a very interesting player uh, at this juncture in his career, ninth pick. And that hasn't really panned out in Washington, although, you know, draft picks don't really tend to pan out in Washington. And, you know, he's a he's a forward that's really athletic and it just, you know, he, he, he projects out to be kind of like the the type of guy that should be really aggressive playing that four position as a 7-2 wingspan, athleticism, shot is improving, um, doesn't necessarily play with enough aggressiveness, in my opinion, but is... A reasonable prospect, but also someone that I look at and I'm like, really, this is like the the Lakers are going to eat into their own cap space uh, this this coming summer and extend him like that. They must be really, really high on him, uh, which I mean, hey, I don't know. What do you think about that part of it? I mean, I could see why they would see him as somebody that could fit. I mean, he gives them a little bit more. I mean, they, they don't really have a player type of this variety on the roster right now, like a big rangy switchy four. Um, because Hachimura, as you said, is he's six foot eight. He is a seven foot two wingspan. Um, he's the thing about him is we kind of expected him to be like a, a downhill force, somebody that can give you a lot of rim pressure and then be a spacer. At the, to this point in his career, he's not really a super dependable um, create like self creator. So uh, that's something that we haven't seen him efficiently do. But his availability has been kind of an issue, and I think that that's kind of added to some of the start stoppiness of his career. Like uh, the, you know, he's he's evolved into a shooter. Eleven point six percent of his points were from three in his rookie season, and last season that went all the way up to almost thirty five percent. So he's been kind of gradually trying to become this stretch space guy, but he's a pretty good cutter. Um, he's a decent spot up player, and if you're playing with LeBron James, 
Um, I, I kind of wonder if Hachimura and AD and LeBron can be on the floor at the same time. What do you think about that spacing-wise, if he's not going to be like a super consistent shooter for the Lakers? Or is it a long play? What do you think? I think it could be interesting. Um, you know, Hachimura going to join a LeBron James team where he is going to get the perfect pocket passes thrown to him might see a little bit of an uptick in his in his percentages uh and then on the other end there's also just you know he's really athletic he can run in transition and that's how the lakers thrive too so i could see him being a guy that can fit now and also maybe be part of the long-term plans but ultimately it is a it's it's still a big question mark just because we don't really know the type of player that hachimura can turn himself into yet and so we got i think we just kind of got to pin put a pin in that until you know, maybe a few months down the line or even years, you know, like it depends. But it does sort of change what we think of like what the Lakers were going to be doing this season. Because now I'm starting to wonder, are they going to, is it more likely that they use those other, uh, those first round picks and maybe try to put Westbrook in a deal? They could trade Patrick Beverly. Uh, but just to bring this back to the larger point here, this is a team that can't, for a number of reasons, get into the tank of Palooza, which has not been a Palooza. It has, it's, not, it's not really been a party at all. No one's, no one's joining this party. The Lakers can't because they don't have their first round pick. And they are not the only team that doesn't have their first round pick. Now, I have, I have a theory about this. It basically, I think every time you introduce a new rule, there are unintended consequences of it that, you know, you can't really you can't you can't really plan for i think like pretty much it's been like most of nba history especially when it comes to like cba stuff like they try to for example control player movement with like the supermax and things like that that just didn't really work out and created a whole bunch of un- un- unintended consequences but here i think with the lottery rules changing it created an un- unintended consequence that actually serves the purposes of changing the lottery rules like the nba wanted less tanking right so mm-hmm. when the lottery rules changed I think that kind of it, it lessened the value of first round draft picks. And now we see all of these draft picks get, you know, thrown around. We've done episodes on this, just like the 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 Gobert trade, the 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 DeJounte Murray trade, the Mitchell trade. Like first round picks are just going all over the place. And that was also a feature in the Anthony Davis trade. Um to uh, to the Lakers that is a reason that the Pelicans have uh, ha- have the Lakers pick and with all of this deal making there are a lot of teams that just don't have their own picks this year if you look at if you if you look at the the league right now there are I think thirteen teams who are you know between twenty three and twenty five in the loss column that don't really know what they should be doing right now but of them Chicago which is a big player in this or should be a big player in this should kind of like the the season that they've had would suggest that they should be tanking does not have their pick this year. Um and Portland is another team that, you know, it's they're in an interesting position too where their pick is protected 1 to 14. So they could be a team that ends up getting their pick if they just stay in the play-in range. But Chicago is a really interesting one to me because they should be tanking. And they're not because they can't. They could get real bad real fast. I mean, they're only four games out from the bottom three of the East. And if you look at the standings in the West, it looks like, well, I don't catching the Spurs at this point. The, the Spurs are basically like if you imagine a bunch of people jumped out of a plane and they're trying to hit the ground first. I feel like the Spurs are like in the diving position. You know, I feel like they're <laughs> trying to be as as like aerodynamic as possible to hit the bottom pretty mm-hmm. much. Kind of what, another way to just say tanking, but uh, you know, yeah, the Rockets right now at like a twenty three point four win percentage. If you think about like how bad they could conceivably be after the after the trade deadline, it's possible. It is it is possible. I I just don't know. I don't I, I don't know that it that it's possible enough. I guess is how, how I would say it. Um, you but you think that they should just full on swan drop like you think that they should embrace the dive to the bottom since they're, they're in no man's land, which I, I agree with you. If you but yeah. Well, they're now they're in a weird position because yeah. I think if they had embraced this a little bit earlier, so they're they're in a really weird place right now uh, because their pick, which goes to Orlando, is only protected from one to four, and right now that one to five looks pretty. 
it looks pretty solid, right? And now the lottery odds have changed. So like you're only going to have a 14% at the number one pick uh, if you're the if you're the worst team in the NBA. So things can move a little bit from there. But the thing is, they've they've also been winning some games now. So it's like they don't necessarily they're not in a position now to be fully tanking the season. For them, I think it would it could end up landing them in no man's land, and then they would have to give up their pick anyways. I think mm-hmm. the time to do it was really, really early in the season. Now it's almost too late for them to tank. So they have no choice but to essentially try to compete this season. And I think the other thing that's going on there is that they're very they're still very early into this experiment. Like it got bad fast. And also it could just be middle of the road, right? Like they have won some games as of late. Maybe Lonzo comes back and they still look like, you know, the team that we kind of thought that they could be. And I think that they're going to be incentivized to keep things that way just because I think it's really difficult for a new front office to come in and make all these splashy moves and then like, you know, not even two years into the experiment say, hey, we actually screwed up. We need to do a fire sale on everybody that we signed <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, that's Even not though a good I do look. think it would be like the right nimble move to make here. But a lot of teams aren't very nimble, which is how I'm going to transition this to the Washington Wizards. And the trade that they like the their their end of uh, this trade essentially. Do you have do you have more to say about Chicago? No, I was gonna I was gonna ask you if if they're gonna if they were gonna do that. Like I don't think this year they would be able to like ascend into like the actual competitive like where we have a chance like we're a contender range basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say if there was like one player type that they could they could go after, wouldn't it be like a high level rim protector? Do you think that there's one out there that's undervalued that? They could steal from somebody like uh, I, I don't know. I, the Magic have a couple of those guys. Like I feel like Bamba and Jonathan Isaac are two guys that uh, Isaac's been coming back and playing better lately. I'm trying to trade Jonathan Isaac all the time, but um, just because I think he's undervalued, he was one of the best defensive players, like like young defensive players in the league, and everybody's just like he's weird. We're out. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of been the vibe I've gotten from him. Um, but do you think that there's like a player type that could like accelerate them if they're not going to go towards the bottom? Yeah, I think you're definitely on the right track. And that is a good question. It's, I think it would be interesting to see if they're buyers. I just don't know that they have, they went so all in with, uh, with the guys they signed that they just don't really have a lot of assets to give back. But I think Bamba would be, Bamba would make a sense, a lot of sense on a lot of teams. I think he'd be great on the Raptors. Jakob Pertl is another guy that could be interesting in Chicago. Is I actually thought that you were going to try to bring this into like a Miles Turner love fest discussion. We were just going <laughs> to do like our weekly segment on, on, on Miles Turner, but I commend you for, for going in a different direction. And that's kind of what's happening, right? Like we have, we have teams that are actually trying to make moves that are going to, you know, maybe move the needle a little bit uh, towards competing. And that's another aspect of this that I think is interesting. I think because of the play-in, the definition of being competitive has become so wide. Okay, What does competing even mean anymore? (laughs) My theory on this is just that I think that we have kind of lost track of Sometimes when you're too close to the canvas, you can you lose perspective. I was joking with somebody the other day. I pl- I hope with a group of guys on Thursday night who are all we've been aging together for like 15 years now, and I, it'll give me this false sense sometimes of like I can still move, I can still go. But the reality is, I've been with these playing with these dudes, <laughs> and and then like when I get up against people who are actually fast, I'm like, oh. I'm not fast anymore, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but anyway, I still kick ass, but I, it makes me think about like, you're competitive, you're competitive, you're competitive, you think you're competitive, mm-hmm. like the de- the definition of competitiveness, you, you have those big home wins and the regular season's so fucking different from the playoffs anyways, schematically it's mm-hmm. different, players sit, we've seen this over and over and over again, and you get into the playoffs and it's a different animal. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly when those when those teams think they're competitive from their big wins and the vibes are good, and then they get up against an actual team that is well put together and is schematically pliable and they have all these different ways they can play, and you realize, oh, we're not actually in the conversation. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. It's, there's a, My grand theory, my grand theory is, I think the talent level in basketball at large is so high now that there are so many teams we talk all the time like uh, about like how many guys are averaging 20 points how many teams like they're just mm-hmm. a, are more good players than ever i think so yeah on a given night 
Team X can beat Team Y. That's always been true, but I think maybe it's more true now, and it's created a false sense a little bit of competitiveness. Is that wild? Is that crazy? No, I think that makes it that makes a ton of sense. Actually, um, I was actually I asked um, the Grizzlies were just in town on Friday, and I was asking Desmond Bain a question about you know the general sort of state of small market teams in the NBA and the whole like big market versus small market thing. Now that, you know, like the Grizzlies are the number two seed, the Nuggets are the number one seed, like, you know, the Bucks won a championship. It's just, we kind of live in a different world. And he actually said that too. He said that the talent level around the league is so high that, you know, it just flattened everything out a little bit. And that, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Like it used to be that everybody would want to go to the Lakers um and or like you know there are only so many superstars and now it's like there are there are a lot of players i think in the nba that you could talk about and say like they're a superstar like take it back to like your pickup thing right like maybe the lakers after like a amazing comeback win against the trailblazers who have the same 22 and 25 record as them shouldn't be so confident about that (laughs) not to say that's why they made the deal but like i mean maybe i'm i'm like I feel more confident in the Lakers after watching a game like that. But we kind of need to recalibrate what we look at as a competitive team. Like the Blazers are a team that has Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons. Like we should look at them and be like, wow. Like, and there's a lot, there's a number of teams that fit this sort of mold. Like the Hawks have a superstar and a whole bunch of really like super, super high level role players around Trey. And they can't really manage to figure anything out either. Like there's, I almost want to go down the list right now of teams that have superstars on them like is this really interesting like the Blazers Damian Lillard superstar yeah I think so yeah I I think he's still I mean he's on the verge of Mm -hmm. he's he's firing off I think one of his probably last couple great years fair enough yeah fair enough Lakers AD LeBron superstar Thunder SGA superstar I think he's kind of arrived like honestly I really do okay I I think he's there yeah okay I think he's on the cusp right like he's he's pretty much like he's knocking at the door at this point and the Warriors, obviously, Steph, superstar. Yes. Um, the Timberwolves. I, I think Ant is kind of in the process of cementing himself still. I mean, he's he's done a lot to mm-hmm. prove that. Do you think, I mean, Cat? Cat, yes. I think he yeah. is. I mean, yeah, I think Cat is. Uh, I, think I think it's, you, it's a begrudging yes, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, through the, well, you can kind of hear the, I mean, you can hear all the kind of like malaise of experience in, mm-hmm. in the tone of my voice when I'm saying some of this stuff. But I think as we go down this list, it's going to prove your point that like, it's kind of the, it's kind of the, it's kind of the thing from the Incredibles when buddies, like when everybody's special, nobody is, I'm not saying nobody's special. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that like, once we have, it's the unicorn thing too. Once we, we start calling everybody a unicorn at some point, the temperature has raised to the, the temperature of the water has raised to where we have to redefine what, what a superstar is. I'm like mixing a million metaphors right now, but (laughs) I, I kind of feel like we're reaching that point in the league. Like that, that's kind of, that's kind of where I think we're headed. We're we're there really, mm -hmm. honestly. Like Suns, Suns, Clippers, Mavs all have superstars. Yeah. And I'm, I'm picking these teams for a reason. Wizards, Bradley Beal, superstar, superstar, superstar. I kind of don't. (sighs) A really good player. Good? I don't know that I would like. I don't know that I would say this. Yeah, sorry. You, do you? What do you think? I don't, I don't know. know. When, it's a when he's at the top thing. of his game. When he's at the top yeah. of his game. Probably the same with the Raptors. The Raptors have stars. The Bulls have stars. They have stars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tip off the new year with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Now, LeBron James is coming up on breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. It's probably going to happen at some point in the next few weeks. Now, the odds right now are that he'll do it in Oklahoma or in Milwaukee, but I just love the story and the synchronicity that would come with him breaking the record in Golden State. Right now, the odds on that are plus 750, but these are ones that I think are going to be flipping all the time, and I'm going to take that one just to try to speak it into existence, just to try to do some manifesting. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with 
promo code RINGERNBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. You skipped over something really interesting here. You texted me the other night and said that uh, you got to witness up close. Oh, well, the, the Desmond Bain story. Reminds I, I want to get back yeah. to it, yeah. but you got to witness the big unk energy in person <laughs> yes, from Shannon yeah. Sharp. Do you have anything to add to that? That like any, you know, I was looking at the pictures trying to see if I could see you. What 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 could you add to the story of, of the drama? I don't have much to add, honestly. I was right in front of it. I was right in front of where most of like the the videos are. So I had the video view of it. I didn't okay. notice it until pretty much it was right in the like I didn't even notice any chirping going on until there was like this huge scrum developing in the corner of the court. And you had you had T Morant, you had Shannon Sharp, you had Steven Adams in there. But it's basically I saw what everybody else saw on camera. I heard what I heard about what Shannon Sharp said, but I don't really like I only heard it from one person. So I'll tell you off of <laughs> oh, I'll tell okay. you when we're done recording. Um, but let's just say that like I think it would be like incredibly fair for anybody to be pissed off. Uh, sure. If what he said is true. Um, Wait, it, it'd be fair to be pissed off at Shannon Sharp for yeah. what he said. Yeah. Okay. Interesting yeah. that he got to stay in the game. That's that's kind of unfathomable. I was going to say something I've noticed, and this is a minor digression, but like something I've noticed about LeBron is I feel like ninety nine percent of the LeBron shit talk that we find out about is always him being like, "Calm down, not yet." Like you, you know, it's it's always like you know who are you like you mm. you don't have he's always just trying to like wet blanket someone and, and downplay like you haven't earned the right to be speaking like this to me yet it, it always seems like it's that's always the nature of lebron's it's settle down kind of i don't know there's like is me a little boomer is a little boomer energy in his shit talk it's kind of you know pipe down i think there is i think there's a little bit of i i think the grizzlies are bringing out boomer energy in a lot of the nba <laughs> like they're the young upstart <laughs> yeah. that won't shut up and like it's funny how these things happen right like we've gone from seeing them as as uh as confident to arrogant and i think that has nothing to do with them, I think they've just been the same team this whole time. They kick ass, they take names, they trash talk, they trash talk whether they're losing, whether they're winning. And I think that's actually kind of a respectable thing. They they keep the same energy all the time. And I kind of think that in the last year, I, almost a year exactly, like that's when the original Desmond Bain, LeBron James incident happened that you're referencing where LeBron's just like, this is the last time y'all going to talk shit to me. He was wrong, by the way. Um, yeah. But that sort of thing started last year. And I think it happened right around the time that the Grizzlies went from like this cute, young upstart small market look at them go like chugga chugga choo choo look at them go chugga chugga choo choo so so awesome what what a great story for the league type of stuff to then like oh these guys could actually be genuine contenders and oh like they actually have some stuff that like our roster doesn't know how to deal with and oh john moran is actually low-key like unstoppable in a way that matters in the postseason superstar and they're a threat. superstar, superstar I would say. definite superstar definite superstar and that is kind of what separates them i think from some of the other really like cute stories in the nba that everybody really like it's like oh like look at you go it's not cute when you're threatened by them anymore right like that's after that they're like now they're memphis, <laughs> memphis should print some shirts that say chugga chugga choo choo i feel like you just coined a whole i grit and grind's good but i i think chugga chugga choo choo has some marketability there i think they've got some solid. good they're 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 pretty good at capitalizing on their on their local 
slogans and stuff. Yeah. Sick jerseys. The yellow, the yellow pops. I mean, they've really leaned into the yellow, the yellow mm-hmm. pops in their uniforms. That one thing I, I do, I do appreciate a nice, a nice color scheme. Um, that I'm was, that was, I had to, I just had to get the story about the big unk energy in person. I just thought that was, I thought that was interesting. LeBron did have one pretty good answer there where he dunked on, was it Triple J that he dunked on? I think, I think it was. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That matchup was really interesting. Yeah, it was. They were both playing the four. That was pretty fascinating. Um, he had a great quote after the game about how Shannon Sharp can talk with the best of them. And I have to just like shout out Shannon Sharp for doing all of this in a light blue card again. There was something about that that I just really loved. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he had he, the most dad by a fireplace <laughs> outfit on the whole time. <laughs> what a cardigan, man. Uh, that was that was something. I'm sure it cost more than my mortgage. But uh, yeah, he... He was rocking that cardigan. He was. He, he, def- he definitely had the old guy. I definitely wouldn't screw with them. Not that I'd mess with anybody, but uh, he was. He was. He was terrifying for sure. Yeah. All right. We're meandering a little bit, so let's take a break, we are. and then when we we're are. back, we'll we'll talk about the Wizards. <laughs> this episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm, and now that I do have State Farm, it is. An exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. All right, well, speaking of teams that can convince themselves they're competitive. We do have to talk about the Washington Wizards, uh, who their side of this deal is just particularly depressing in a lot of ways. Uh, starting with the fact that, so they didn't want to pay Hachimura. It's fine. Things didn't really pan out there. But this suggests that they are getting ready to dole out a contract to Kyle Kuzma, which also suggests that Kyle Kuzma is ready to commit to the Washington Wizards. Um, and it looks like they just want to buy in on this, this Kate, this Kristaps Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal core. And, you know, I don't know who they're trying to, are they trying to convince you and I, or are they trying to convince their fans? Are they trying to convince Brad? Are they trying to convince themselves that this is an appropriate way to try to compete in the year of our Lord 2023? Uh, we have, by the way, Kristaps Porzingis, who has never really inspired much, I don't know, inspiration when you watch him on the court, uh, is having a career season going into a contract year. An outlier season for a guy who has not really seemed to, you know, care most of the time. So I don't know. I don't I don't like to assume that that players are doing things because of contract incentives. I think Sometimes that's just not true. I would say in this case, it just looks like a shoe in for that being what's going on here. Um, it has the markings, it right? Has you know, you don't want the markings. It has all right. of the markings. Um, Kyle Kuzma is having a career year on what I think is a mix of him finding his role and also some unsustainable shot making. Uh, but I just, for me and per- personally, for my taste, for probably for your taste, I like a core that has a little bit more defense, a little bit more playmaking, a little bit more basketball IQ. 
Um, and we just don't really have that with this uh, with this Wizards core that they seem to be buying buying themselves into. They are a team that is uh, they are they are twenty and twenty six, which is what passes these days in this in the age of the play in for uh, convincing yourself that you should be buying into anything and and not tanking. But they are also in an interesting situation right now too, where I don't think that that Tommy Shepard, their GM, has a lot of cachet or just the, you know, the, the gravitas to, to initiate a tank. Um, even though unlike the Chicago situation, this is a situation that Tommy Shepard essentially inherited and has trying to, been trying to make the best of. Bradley Beal does not seem to want to trade. And until ba- Bradley Beal wants to trade, this is going to be the sort of like rolling situation for the Wizards, right? Like if, unless he demands one, I don't think that they can like fully strip things down. That said, this is, there's never been a better time for the Wizards to tank because no one, no one is going to think that they are. I don't think you're ever going to get more value for Kyle Kuzma other than in this moment where he is just like, sh- you know, shooting the lights out. And also you just traded a player suggesting that you are going to be paying him. You're never going to, you are never going to get more for Kristaps Porzingis. It's just never going to happen. This is the moment. This is the absolute moment to do it. But they, the reason that, the reason that it would be a really great time for them to tank is because they're not going to. So they are going to just lock into, into this team. Um, and it just kind of, I don't know, it makes me think a little bit about the, the nimble thing, right? Like there are certain teams that look at the scenario and the front office has the cachet to be able to change direction and they do it. I think the Raptors, the Tampa tank is a good example of this. Things were not going well that season. Masai Ujiri has all the job security in the world. He can take the team in whichever direction he wants to, with the exception of like, I don't think they are going to to you know pay a like pony up a lot of salary cap for a team that's not a winner other than that i think that's a team that can do what they want the wizards are different you know i think the wizards aren't a team that necessarily wants to spend unless they are in a situation where they feel like they can make a real splash they can make a deep playoff run then i think they will actually spend a little bit more uh but i don't think that they will in this case so they can't do the whole thing of like taking on some tough contracts and they also aren't going to tank so they just don't really have a chance to make themselves better in any way and i don't know kyle it's just kind of depressing that's that's what i got it is um the the talent acquisition for them has been a real issue you were talking about like uh, i know troy brown is a guy that's playing for the Lakers now um he was a guy that they drafted if you I wanted to just rattle back over this you were talking about inheriting things from Ernie Grunfeld Ernie um they if you go back over their draft history past five seasons uh in 2018 they picked Troy Brown they could have had DiVincenzo Herter Simons Robert Williams Jalen Brunson this is brutal Mitchell Robertson Gary Trent Jr in 2019 they took Hashimura they could have had Cam Johnson, P.J. Washington, Tyler Hero, Brandon Clark, Grant Williams, or Keldon Johnson. Oof. In 2020, they took Denny, who was a guy that I liked, but they could have had Halliburton. They could have had Devin Vassell, Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain. There's kind of a pattern among the types of players that they've missed on. Kispert's been okay. They could have had Shingun, Trey Murphy, Quentin Grimes, and Bones. I feel like these like combo shot creator, playmaker types, they have like whiffed and fell face first into the dirt, missing on those guys over and over and over again. Um, and that's brutal. If you want to continue a run, if you want to continue, if you want to be good and like without sacrificing like the developmental time, like if you want to have the two timeline thing that we've talked about, like with the Grizzlies, they've drafted well and they've done that. Um, the Wizards, another thing that's just sort of like exacerbating the the bleakness of this is that. Like the one of their main modes of getting guys, of getting talent, um, you know, I'm not going to say that they've completely missed, but I mean, Johnny Dave, Johnny Davis has been doesn't has not looked like an NBA player at times. That's a brutal whiff. Um, I just feel like they they really left a lot on the table on that front, and it's it's killing them. Honestly, it's really killing. You them. can lean in, man. Like they have completely missed. That was really bleak. I do think Kis- Kispert, and I do think that like like Denny and Hashimura and Troy Brown, they could be serviceable players, but I I just think. If you look at what they missed out, yeah, but on. not for the not for the Wizards. Like that's a big part of it too, right? Like Denny's still there, but other than that, those guys aren't going to be your foundation. Yeah, I mean, like they missed out on like foundational talent. Like the, those guys in a situation where they're supplementing foundational sa- talent, great, but it's just not there. And you're you're leaning on them to be something they're not, um, and so you end up importing these guys and feeling okay, like you were talking about when it's it's sort of a. Delusion's a really mean word. I was going to say misleading. <laughs> I think delusion um, is maybe okay. 
Delusion might be the word that, that that sums this all up for for the Wizards. I wonder if their fans would disagree. I mean, my my buddy who's like a big uh, my buddy Kendall who's a big Wizards fan, he's just mad all the time. He's just always yeah. mad. So that's the vibe I get from them through him. My cousin, my cousin is a big Wizards fan, and he's kind of in the boat of they should have traded Beal a couple years ago. And it's like, sure, it's great that he wants to stay, but it's not really like a Damian Lillard situation where like the city and and the and the player have this incredible relationship that you know will has has intrinsic reasons beyond sports for having value, right? Like. You can understand it from the Blazers' perspective, right? But from the Wizards' perspective, the team itself is so depressing. And they also, they're not, like, really a basketball city either. So if the Wizards aren't good, it's not like, you know, everyone's going to be talking about Bradley Beal all the time. Like, they they have they have the Capitals. They have their football team. And, like, that's just, it's just a different sort of situation there. And I think that it's, um, it's weird. Like, they, I think the fans themselves feel like they want to be done with this experiment. Like I would be, yeah. I would be pretty tired of watching this like Wizards team play at this point if I was them. Like I wouldn't really blame them for that because it's not like this magical sort of like. Like I love Bradley Beal. I think he's a great player. He's not. It's not like Dirk in Dallas. It just isn't. It's not. Yeah. So I was gonna say this might be a nice segue to to uh, an end point for us. But I was gonna say, would you say that they are like wandering and when they're they're lost in the darkness, maybe kind of looking for the light, aka? Oh my uh, god. You watched it though. If you tell the, me to look for the light, I'm going to punch you in the face. You're going to break my jaw. What did you did you watch the you finished the first episode? I watched the first of, episode uh, of of The Last of Us. For yes. people who don't know what we're talking about, did did I badger you into watching it, or were you already interested? I was situation? planning on watching it. I probably wouldn't have watched it last night, uh, but I was planning on watching it because it's shot in Edmonton. Yeah, you said that. I thought that was really interesting. Is your, I mean, your dad is a political figure there, still is, correct? Yeah, he is. So did yeah. he have no, awareness he didn't make of it that? Happen. No, he was. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't know if he had any kind of any kind of adjacent awareness of it. But they invited. Well, he was. Uh, he was actually here um, a couple of weeks ago, helping me move into my new place. Seems beneath a politician. Like I, I would think. Yeah, could you do. imagine just like being a dad at the same time? It's crazy. Um, uh, how? Like, <laughs> yeah. Peasant. Um, yeah, but he uh, he was here helping me move move in, um, and the premiere of Last of Us was actually taking place at the same time. So he did go and see it with. Uh, I think I think there were some uh, people from Calgary also in town. So I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they shot anything in Calgary as well. But um, yeah, it's actually. It's pretty fun to, as I'm not used to this experience, I lived in Toronto for a few years. So like I got used to kind of like everything that was shot in, like that was set in New York was shot in Toronto. So I'd see like, oh no, that's my subway station. That's not, that's not New York, but it's not my city. Right. So it's a little bit different, but basically like my, my Instagram stories for like the last few days have just been basically like people pointing out little Edmonton landmarks in the last of us, like, like the Leo pointing at the TV screen meme. That was me the entire time watching the last of us. Um, um, just you know, white white ab was in there a bunch. This is just gonna get Edmonton core now. I, I saw it. I don't even. Yeah, like, yeah, white, yeah, white ab was in there a bunch. Like, because there was a point where they moved it to Boston, so I was like, oh, I wonder how they're gonna do this. And I was like, oh no, it's all the bricklaid buildings, like you know, on one hundred fourth, and yeah, like that. It just like a lot of a lot of it actually made a ton of sense. And but I did. I love the idea that. Um, the 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 showrunners were like okay so it's gonna be Austin twenty years ago and also an apocalypse Edmonton Edmonton that's perfect um, yeah that's uh, logical like I could see how they got there it's very linear yeah it's cool to watch your own place in a thing like even like when they were getting stuck in uh like when they were trying to escape and they were stuck in traffic and I was like oh I've been stuck in traffic on that like it's usually winter when it when things get that piled up and bad but yeah that's that's a hen day right there that's cool um so yeah that was honestly I will let you take the floor because. That was probably the part of it that I enjoyed the most. I'm not sure I'm in love with the show itself. Oh, Jesus. I'm really disappointed. Hornet Leg, have you been watching The Last of Us? You like that show? You know what I'm talking about? You down? I know what you're talking about, but I haven't watched it yet. I'm alone. I'm in a wheel. I'm in I'm lost in the darkness with just a bunch of people with bad taste. <laughs> but it feels like, frankly, if it was Os Mutantas, he would have watched. I'm just saying that's all, you know. If they were on that show, I would have I would have watched it already. But I'm still catching up on Lotus, yeah. Oh, oh okay. okay. 
Okay. What, what episode yeah, are you on? Oh, uh, I'm just starting season two. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when you're done. That's what people want to hear from us. A hundred percent. I think uh, so. Yeah. I'm kidding. I, uh, I I love it. I love the game. I think it's awesome. It's uh, I've, I've been one of those people that was a, a diehard for the game. I've played it multiple times and uh, they're nailing it. I think it's good. It's well acted. I love the changes they're making and uh, the vibes right. And I'm excited to see. I've seen, I mean, I know where it's going to go because I've played mm-hmm. it. So, uh, but I'm sure my wife has really enjoyed me, you know, every five seconds being like, oh, that's exactly like the game. That's exactly like the game. <laughs> so she finally was like mocking me. Like, don't say that again. What does she think about it? Jaw. I think she likes it. I haven't heard her say otherwise, but yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Good show. Yeah. HBO. Yeah, it's got some cool, cool explosions, stuff like that. I can, I can definitely see that it's <laughs> like a little based. more to it than that. Yeah, is there? <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I, like, if 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 you can sell me on like a reason that I should be invested in one of these characters, other than like his daughter died, like I, I'm here. Like seriously, like give it to me. You must just be really cold if you can't relate to some of these characters. They've suffered such excruciating loss. This is about. It's a story about people trying to preserve their humanity and find hope when there is none and you know what's worth what's worth how do you grieving and uh there's all kinds of stuff going on here that parental instincts and yeah i think that's the undertone that they're trying to give to us and like sure i can buy in to like convince myself why i should care about these action scenes but we're not actually getting a lot of that at least in the first episode which was by the the way the size of two episodes so i mean i feel like they could have done a little bit of both um but you know i I think i saw this i just watched i just watched the worst person in the world it was Oh, my autobiography. Thank you for watching that. It's a biopic. It's a movie that came out in... Have you seen it? Either of you guys seen it? No. No. It came out in in 2021, and it's just... It's an incredible movie. Everyone should go watch it. But I was watching this, like, YouTube video essay about it after, and it talks about how stories aren't about, like, what they're about. They're about how they're about it. So like I can I can get into what The Last of Us is about, but like the how of it is just it's not it just hasn't been that interesting to me yet. Like I get it, mm. I get what they're t- I get what they're telling me, but they're telling me it in a way that I'm not particularly that interested in. But a lot of people, other people like it. So hey, more power to them, more power to you. You know, like like the things Watch that you like. Watch the second episode and get back to me. See if you like it. We'll 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 maybe do a little check in to see if. if, if Let's do it. And I'll you know what? I'm gonna watch the next episode and I'm going to like specifically point out different places in Edmonton and just come like come with a list next time because this time I was a okay. little disorganized this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more organized with it. Well, I'll get all the references since I know so much about Edmonton. Exactly, so. it'll be perfect. Yeah, you'll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And everyone, I know, I know most NBA fans are from Edmonton too. So like, we're just, you know, I like to give the people what they want. You got to, you got to give them what they want. Give them what they need. Exactly. Exactly. What they didn't know they needed, you know, which is by the way, the worst person in the world. Everyone should watch it. You guys should watch it. (laughs) We should, we should talk about it. It came out in 2021. So I think it's like super timely right now to be discussing it. Uh, Yeah. I think it's a great movie. That's like, that's my recommendation of the week. Okay. All right. I'll make time for it. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate that. Well, thank you for making time for this podcast today. Always. Thank you to everyone who made it to this point for making making the time for us. We appreciate you. Thank you, Chris, for producing as always. And we will talk to you guys next week. Over and out. <laughs>